Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TakeCast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I am joined by Kevin Cole to do a little bit of final Super Bowl recap. We talk about some of the coaching decisions, do a little bit of the overtime analytics, relitigate for the millionth time the Brock Purdy discourse, look ahead to the 2024 NFL draft and some of the key decisions at the top. Before we move on to other topics for the rest of the offseason, kind of just wanted to put a bow on the 2024 NFL season. Always enjoy talking to Kevin. If you want to support the show, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash takecast for bonus episodes of the show. Or you can just tell a friend about the program. That works too. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, guys, we are back post-Super Bowl with none other than Kevin Cole from Unexpected Points. I brought Kevin on to be the fair and balanced voice. Myself, I am in post-Super Bowl uh, ecstasy. I, I am arguing with strangers online that Pat is now on pace to be better than Brady. I, I am laughing in the faces of anyone who ever seriously said the words Burrowhead at any point. And uh, we, we are here to bask maybe in a, a cooler, calmer reflection of Super Bowl 58. Kevin, how are we doing, bud? I'm doing good. So yeah, you could say I'm uh, in the Fox News mantra, fair and balanced here, but it's weird that we talk about Pat Mahomes because, like, before this season started, probably, um, definitely, regardless of what happened in this game, I would have already been on the Mahomes is on better than Brady trajectory sort of thing. So I was, I was fully on board, all of that stuff, way out ahead. The problem is we might even be getting further than than I can get on Pat Mahomes, where I was way out in front of the crowd for several years now. Now the crowd has just turned Mahomes into a, a deity at this point. Well, you know, the crowd is just going to react most strongly to whatever they just saw, and they did just see him take a very ragtag bunch of uh, USFL wide receivers to a Super Bowl. Not that dissimilar uh, than who was the defensive back that turned into a receiver for the Patriots because all their wide receivers were injured. Tim, oh yeah Tim yeah i don't remember now something. troy brown or something troy brown troy brown yeah, troy yeah. brown yeah you know which is you know the brady stuff really does become paul bunyan stories and i'm i'm now of the age where i actually can remember the paul bunyan stories that people are telling you know yeah. like remembering the incident in which they were talking about which is it's kind of funny to retro actively apply that to what people are going to be saying about pat 20 25 years from now oh, being yeah. like no, no. well i was it's there you know yeah. It's a cycle. I mean, just listen, just in recent history. Okay, let's go over some some recent history sort of thing. We have like Joe Montana having to be the GOAT because of the the Super Bowl championships that he had won versus some others. I mean, we had Bradshaw, you know, with with more titles, but no one was really considering him seriously in that in that sort of thing. So then he comes in. Then we have Brady has a really strong start, but he doesn't win any titles during the prime and the best years of his career, which is like shocking, right? Like he wins three out of the first four years, then he doesn't win again until he gets to the very end of his career. So during that time period, if you went back and you listened to everything that was being said 
uh, during the 2013 season, at the end of the 2013 season, where Peyton Manning broke all the records for yards and touchdowns and everything else, it was almost locked in in people's minds that Peyton Manning was the GOAT. It was like Peyton Manning is the GOAT. And at this point in time, Brady, I believe, is 36 years old. So imagine this. At 36 years old, people are pretty much in agreement that you're not the GOAT. And then by the end of the, your career, you're like the undisputed GOAT. Even when Drew Brees retired after... Uh, or broke these records after Peyton Manning retired. People are like, you know what? I think Drew Brees might be better than Peyton Manning. Like, it's just always having that cycle for for, for the next guy. Um, so it's good to have proper perspective on Mahomes. Mahomes is like the best I've seen uh, on the best trajectory that I've seen. Uh, but we still have to keep it, you know, keep it real when it comes to exactly where he is versus some of these other very excellent quarterbacks. The thing that Brady did that obviously. Um uh in, indemnify that's maybe not the right word that i'm going for there there is a word i'm going for that i'll, indemnify that I'll have to... is like paying someone back for something but yeah yeah i think solidify right. i think i just made that up so Solid... i he 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 opened his third eye and saw two things the first was that there would be tremendous value in just racking up the volume by continuing to play that if you were first in all of these all-time categories that in and of itself has a ton of value and two there's a new documentary coming out right now that uh, that lends some credence to this about Brady. He realized that to truly be the GOAT, inarguable, he would have to win a Super Bowl without the presence of Bill Belichick, who also, you know, was kind of carrying on, not carrying on the coattails, but the stories of Brady and Belichick were linked forever. You know, they, they had yeah. never been apart from no, one that, another. That definitely solidified it. I mean, if, my memory is post- comeback against the Falcons was really when it hit the point of like you have to say Brady is is the goat sort of thing and then it just solidified further and further there I don't think I'd say about playing so long is I think all these guys you know try to play so long I mean Breeze played but, pretty wrong but just Brady pay, pay. but Brady was the one who took it most seriously with his body right in a way that clearly like Peyton Manning never did you're buying the the avocado and water I mean it's probably true but the thing with Peyton Manning though I think Peyton Manning is a little bit unfair I mean he you know he had to have he missed a whole season from neck surgery because his neck fell off it fell apart. And this is in 2009. During the middle of 2009 season, his performance tanked. I think it's 2009. Uh, no, 2010. His performance tanked. He took the whole 2011 season off. That's why how we get, you know, Andrew Luck coming yeah. in there. Uh, 2012, like he couldn't feel his fingers after that. And then his his entire, you know, trajectory tanked in the middle of 2014. So I, I don't, who, who knows who Peyton Manning could have been if his neck didn't really fall apart. I mean, he had that 2013 season when he, you know, when, when he was already physically very compromised at that point. You know, what is absolutely insane is that the worst that Peyton Manning ever played, the absolute worst he ever played was the year he won his second Super Bowl. I mean, that kind of gets forgotten in the midst of time is that Peyton Manning in his final season uh, had his worst YPA of his career by a mile, 6.8. He threw nine touchdown passes and 17 interceptions in the regular season. Brock Osweiler had to come he was in benched. and he bail was benched him for out. Brock Osweiler for, for a certain amount of time. Yeah, he was the worst quarterback in the NFL. Basically starting, he was an MVP through the first half of 2014. Then he was like a bottom 10 quarterback in the second half of 2014. And then he was basically the worst in the NFL in 2015. Yes, which is, is I mean, it is nuts to uh, to just reevaluate. And it's these are the things that get lost to the sands of time because all you, all you think is, oh yeah, Manning, two Super Bowls. He's in the GOAT conversation. You know, he's the GOAT executor or whatever. You know what I was thinking the other day watching Purdy is – Manning actually kind of gave a lot of these these purdy types hope where all you are is is the absolute perfect executor, you know, and that's kind of what purdy and just the the Shanahan system in general is like if you had the most flawless executor of Shanahan's vision imaginable, that's really what Shanahan wants. Shanahan's kind of a my my sense is always kind of and he's a little bit of a control freak, and that's why he loves having these very malleable, directionable quarterbacks in. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, Manning, you know, he was 6'5", and, you know, had a pretty good arm and number one pick. Purdy, and... Purdy, is, a, Purdy is a big boy, oh, too. Tough. I mean, the... the he's Purdy's, not a big boy. 
Birdie's quarterback coaches made him uh, lose weight before the draft because he was too thick. Fat. Yeah, I got agree. Maybe he was fat, but he's not that he's not that tall. Man, I like Purdy though. I mean, I think it's it is interesting. Like the Purdy discourse after this, I also want to talk about because like any Purdy skeptic out there, and I'm not saying the guy's great or anything. I'm not saying he's like the MVP, the best quarterback in the NFL. But if you looked at any Purdy skeptical, doubting person, if you would have said going into the season, if you would have said, listen, he's gonna be first in EPA per play, maybe people still wouldn't care about that because they can discount all that stuff. Um, he's going to lose in the Super Bowl in overtime to Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. He's going to be third in Pro Bowl voting uh, for for quarterbacks behind Dak and behind uh, Lamar Jackson. He's going to be fourth in MVP voting, again, third amongst quarterbacks because Christian McCaffrey, like everyone would have to say, okay, I'm wrong about Brock Purdy. But yet a lot of people are still like, oh, I'm right about Brock Purdy. He's like, what does he need to do? Like be MVP and win the Super Bowl for you to be right about the fact that He's like a below average quarterback in the NFL. And if you just say you're wrong about that, like that's the thing I don't get about Purdy. I mean, I think that Super Bowl was kind of like a roar. The the season in general is just a roar shock in terms of what you value, how you view football, because, and I've gone, I've gone back and forth on Purdy. I was like, oh, they're, they'd be dumb to get rid of Lance. Like they got to start Lance. And like, clearly that was wrong. Right. And then Purdy ended up being hey, my most drafted. When Lance, when Lance takes over for Dak Prescott, when they. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, Lance is, Lance is still only 23 years old, I believe. So, you know, there's, yeah. there's still time. Uh, and then, La- and then Purdy ends up being one of my three most drafted quarterbacks on underdog. Cause I'm like, this is just uh, ignoring the obvious reality of the situation, which is yeah. that even if he is Jimmy G, he's going to be awesome. He's actually, yeah. I think he's definitively better than Jimmy G. Oh, yeah. Because he makes the throws outside the hashes so much better than than Jimmy ever did. Now yeah, I mean he can make a play. Like yeah. he can he can run around and make a play every now and again where if it's not initially open, like Jimmy is was good in the fact that like he would convert a lot of third downs because he would go back. He would immediately look to wherever the ball is supposed to go, and then he just throw it regardless of kind of whether there's a defender in the way sometimes. And sure. most of the time it works. Now, but Brock Purdy could actually say, you know what? I can't throw this. I'm going to like do something to yeah. make it happen. And Jimmy had 0% of that in his game. He did have he did have none of that. However, uh, we're just going to do some narrative testing here on the program. I'm basically going to do the narrative and then use you as a test strip, right? Okay. So right. the narrative that Shanahan's game plan in Super Bowl 58 clearly indicated that he still doesn't trust Purdy the same way he would trust a Tom Brady or whomever, specifically with some of the third down stuff. And then also the 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 related narrative that Spags did not fear, uh, did not fear Brock Purdy due to some of the defensive coverages he called. Now, obviously, I don't know ball that much, but one of the things that the haters said was his willingness to go shift something they'd done all season, which was use zone coverage and cover two when they were blitzing. And they basically changed that on a dime in two weeks. And he put McDuffie and Sneed on an island versus the two wide receivers when they blitzed, which almost, which did almost blow up on them once, right? Debo was open for the touchdown. Purdy just missed him. Yeah, well, it almost blew up on him a couple of times because uh, Ayuk was open for what would have been the touchdown in overtime if not for the fact that Chris Jones was unblocked and came in and Purdy couldn't 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 look over on that one. Uh, okay, I'll say on the trust thing, eh, I, I don't know. I like I don't know. I mean, maybe if you're saying if he had Peyton Manning or something, he would be playing to get the ball back at the end of the second quarter and not letting all that time run off the clock. But a lot of people had complaints that they threw the ball too much in that second half uh, because they had a few, a handful of unsuccessful drives there. So I don't know. I mean, on both of those third and fours, I thought there was actually two or third and four and a third and five, the critical ones where they got the, the field goal at the end to, I guess, would they, I guess they would go up by three and then another one in overtime where they, they then had to kick the field goal in overtime. On those different downs, like, I actually thought they – my big thing, my main beef with Shanahan is he should have run the ball on both of those circumstances. Um, so he did let Purdy throw the ball on both of those circumstances. The Chiefs played as if he was going to throw the ball on both of those, um, and he he wasn't able to to convert it. So I don't know. I think Shanahan wants to, to run his offense that way. So I don't think it's necessarily the case that you could say that he was hiding Purdy. Now, no, the other side, though, the other side, though, 
one one thing on the other side about the yeah they ran a lot of cover zero or cover one um the afterwards they said they wanted pretty to throw the ball um yeah no i think they definitely did at the same time like a lot of guys weren't weren't open though so like they were able to just cover pretty well it seemed like against a hampered kittle and a hampered uh debo it seemed like they were able to cover pretty well against yeah should guys. they should they have benched the hampered debo for chris conley i mean can you look chris conley laid out richie james got open. i mean i don't know that's a hard situation i don't know how you coach yeah that. i i don't know either i think anyone uh I'm sure there's some people who can really dig into the tape and say, like a lot of people are saying, oh, clearly this was a Debo game plan. He threw the ball to Debo a lot. I don't know if that means yeah, he had it's 11 a Debo targets game plan. and three rushes. I don't know if that's a Debo game plan or if that's like against a cover zero, against a cover one. He was running the routes that you immediately uh, throw into. But I mean, he was draped. I mean, it wasn't like Purdy was missing him. He did miss him on that one on the, in the end zone that you mentioned where Chris Jones got some pressure there. Um, and he should have throwing it a little bit better like that was a miss that was a miss despite the pressure uh but at the same time it's hard to really like say purdy was bad in those types of situations because they were okay offensively uh throwing the ball and they were actually okay running the ball too despite the loaded boxes they were okay running the ball it's just that fumble from mccaffrey was a huge downer and then they took a four yard loss on second and 10 which was a massive like epa loss and also i think it was third and two that they got stuffed or lost a yard, which was another massive EPA loss. So for those reasons, the efficiency was bad, but they were like successful generally running the ball. All right. The way that Shanahan and actually Andy Reid managed the clock at the end of the first half where Shanahan basically seemed happy. Well, Shanahan seemed happy to go in without attempting a field goal. And the chiefs also seemed happy to take the field goal, the way that they called the plays like for the, for Reed and the Chiefs, it felt like a, we can't go into the half with zero points. Like, we just got to, we got to get something on the board for, like, momentum, morale-type purposes. And then I don't really understand what the 49ers were doing or thinking because you get another you get another field goal or another touchdown there after they just finally clawed something back. That feels like a real gut punch that they opted. I, I don't know why they opted not to do that. Yeah, I remember in the moment saying like both coaches were kind of messing up. But I mean, how I think about these situations is um, you may not have a lot of certainty, but at least theoretically, like there's one team should want to stop the clock at all at all times in these situations. So, right, like if teams are doing like the handshake and saying, okay, we're just going to let the clock run out, then there's, you know, maybe that's possible in certain certain situations. But most of the time, like there should be a benefit to one side or another. So if the offense is willing to let the clock run, the defense should think, wait a second, am I wrong in this situation, letting them do that? Um, and vice versa, if the defense is willing to let the clock run, if you think the defense would be willing to let the clock run, then, you know, vice versa. So I remember there was like some confusion on this because they got a first down, down to the down to the 49ers 14. And it says timeout here. Some people were saying that that wasn't a timeout and it was misannounced, but it, I don't know. In, in the play-by-play, -play, it says timeout by Kansas City. Don't understand that one at all. Like 110 left on the 14-yard line, why the Chiefs would want to call a timeout there. Like that's that's your first timeout. You have, you have three timeouts. There's no way you need that much clock and three timeouts, if you have three timeouts, right? So that one made no sense. Um, the, the thing that made no sense from the 49ers perspective is they pick up three yards at second and seven at the 11, and then the 49ers don't call a timeout right there. And they let them take it all the way down to, uh, 37 seconds. So those are the two plays that, that kind of make no sense to me. And at the end of the game, um, you know, like the, the chiefs ran out of time. Which yeah. Is, if, if, you, if they converted that third down, if Spags didn't dial up the perfect play or whatever on that third down, it, it was over. I mean, they lose the game if they convert that third down. Yeah, no, no. I'm talking about like the last drive for the Chiefs in regulation. They ran out of time. I mean, they kicked the field goal to tie the oh, game. Oh, sure. So, on so second that's, and ten. Yeah, with, with so that six, was another massive mistake by Reed. With six seconds left, what do you do? Do you take one shot? I, I don't know. Probably, right? Now here's, I, here, I think... here's the big mistake. Teams are obsessed with leaving their last time out to call it before they can kick a field goal. Like they, 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 for some reason they wanted like hold on to that last time out. Now what ended up happening? The chiefs took that time out. 
into the end of the game. They, they still had a timeout left at the end of the game because they didn't need it. So, like, there are a lot of circumstances where the clock's going to stop because of an incomplete pass. And in the worst-case scenario, if you don't have any timeouts left, well, you just don't run the the fourth down play. You just, you, I mean, you don't run the, you know, you just clock it on third down and and then you, you kick the, the field goal. So it was really the play where Tony Romo lost his mind too on this one, because remember Romo said they could have saved 15 seconds if they would have clocked yeah. it, even though uh, Pacheco like wasn't in the screen. Was, was, was always lined up 20 yards offside. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't even close to getting back until right before they snapped the play. That was the play. They should have just called the timeout. They should have said, you know what? We're going to burn our last timeout here. We're going to take the extra time. And if we need to stop the clock again, we're going to do so. I'm trying to think of when that happened. Um, I guess it must have been the 22-yard gain, right? On third and seven? No. No, actually, no. San Francisco called a timeout there. It must have been a scramble for three yards. Is that the one that Kansas City had a scramble? And then it went down from 39 seconds to 21 seconds. So, like, that was a huge mistake by the by the Chiefs. Mahomes, 39 seconds left. He scrambles for three yards. They call a timeout. They have 30. They, they, they gain at least 10 something more than 10 seconds. And the way that the half ended up playing out, the end of the game ended up playing out. They never ended up needing that timeout. They would have had two more plays to, to go into the end zone. I do remember thinking as it was happening, whatever they're doing is not quite right. Like it's probably going to work out and they're probably going to get the field goal that they need, but they gave up at least two opportunities to, to end the game. I mean, I mean, second to... and 10 at the 11 yard line. That's, well, not not to not to account for the fact that when Mahomes threw it to Kelsey with nine seconds remaining, that yeah. Rashi Rice was wide open in the end zone, and it could have could have just been it could have just ended there. Yeah, yeah. There's also like some of the play calling or the, the decision making there. I mean, I guess I'm okay with that, but again, like you have timeouts. You had well, they did it their way. So in 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 their way, you have a timeout. Don't throw some bullshit fade to in the end zone. You know, like you have a timeout. You could throw it because Rice was there. Remember, he was in, he wasn't in the end zone though, right? So like it's theoretically possible he wouldn't have made it into the into the end zone. Is possible. Like, I don't know. He probably would have. Uh, but he had a timeout that you could have used there um on that one. So that was a problem. And one other thing on the end of the first half, another thing Reed was when he called that timeout with one minute and nine seconds left on the 14 yard line, where again, he should have just let that bleed down. You have all your timeouts. You don't need to do that. Then I felt like his play calling. Now I could be wrong about this. Um, was he kind of was doing some bullshit play calling to almost run clock after that. Like on first down, they did a screen pass or they did a couple of screen and then they did a running play to the wide receiver on first and second down. And then, they, they, and then they, you know, then they got sacked on third down. So it's kind of like they wasted that first and second down with bullshit in order to run the clock after calling a timeout. Again, a, a total mess, I think. It was a mess. Uh, the the play that if I were to castigate Shanahan, it would be the decision in overtime. You're ending the possession. It's third and four. You call the passing play. You know, your perfect passing play. You've been in a lab mixing up these perfect formulas, and then it all gets blown up in two seconds, less than two seconds by Chris Jones yeah. coming unblocked after Purdy. My criticism would actually be just the, you're not, why do we kick in a field goal for? You're just, you're, 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 you're going for the friendliest loss at that point. I think you run, and then I think you, you run again. I, I well, yeah. maybe not run on fourth down, but you run on third and four. Well, maybe depends on where you are on fourth down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Also, also, it sort of interesting. Neither of these two teams are tush push teams. So there yeah. were a couple spots. Obviously, the big one was the fourth down in the overtime period. Where I mean, as as someone who is a Chiefs fan rooting for the Chiefs, I'm sitting there just you know biting my nails in a nubs, just wishing that Mahomes hadn't freakily injured his or dislocated his knee in that game against yeah, the Denver I was Broncos wondering if they were going to sneak. Ago. I was like, will this be the first sneak since 2019? The literal Super Bowl final game of the season couldn't be a bigger spot, and they still won't do it. I mean, because I would have thrown up if they brought in uh, who's even left there's Blake Bell, Blake so Bell. whoever the if they brought in Blake Bell for the sneak and failed. I would have thrown up. Why, why, no, see, I think, I think if you are actually going to be so stubborn that you absolutely refuse to let Mahomes do a sneak, I think yeah. you have to commit to practicing it with Blake Bell. 
No, you could commit to practicing it, but there's a problem. Number one, the biggest problem, okay, you're not going to throw it. Everyone knows you're not going to throw it, right? You know the Blake bigger, Bell was a quarterback, though. I know, but you're not going to – you can throw it. You're not going to throw it in that situation. There's no way, no how. Can you no. – okay, just can no. I, can, can we imagine no an alternate time? You're not line? even going to hand the ball off. That's the no. problem. You no. are yeah, not even going to hand – so that threat is also gone. You're not going to put him in shotgun and be like, we're going to do whatever. Like, you're not going to hand the ball off because if that if that handoff – like, how many times does he really practice it? So you take away both the throw and the handoff. He's been quarterbacking since he was 12. Younger, I'm just probably. saying, you're not going to do it. Not in that situation. Not in that situation. I'm sorry. Uh, so – if that, there was a coach who would do it, though, me. it would totally be Andy Reid. Yeah, maybe. But I like the play. I thought the play call was perfect. You just run, you know, put him in a shotgun, do a little read. He can, you know, pass, run, throw, keep, give him all the different options. And, uh, yeah, that, that worked to perfection. I, I'm good there. Now, what I want to I talk about this, this one that you mentioned, because these are the two play calls for me. The third and four in overtime and the third and five at the end. So, if you look at that third and four in overtime, they come out and empty. Why? Uh, they do bring McCaffrey in motion and kind of like fake it like they're going to hand it to him, but it's half-hearted yeah. at best. And if you look at how the Chiefs are lined up, like Jones and the other tackle, I don't, I forget who the other tackle is now. Uh, I don't really study the defense. Honestly. Uh, so no they idea. are lined up, like they have different techniques. This is this is my this is the extent of my football guy knowledge. Okay, zero is like your nose tackle. One is you're on the outside shoulder. Two, three. Normally they call these guys three techniques, which means they're lined up right on the outside of the um, on the outside shoulders of the guards. These guys were like what they call a four eye. They were way out. They were all the way out on the inside shoulders of the tackles in a total pass rush formation they did have like a, a middle linebacker up the middle who looked like he could blitz but still like they were just totally committed to to the pass on on that sort of play and I think the blitz that they had on that third and five earlier where he came he came um unblocked that's kind of like a pass blitz too I don't think that's like a run blitz that's coming in there so they were totally committed because teams pass the ball 85 percent of the time from third on third and four and third and five and that's the one place where the quote-unquote analytics say teams should be running the ball more often, mostly because defenses just assume you're going to pass the ball in those situations. I think all of that is fair. I just, I mean, obviously I'm happy the way that it turned out, but it, it feels like, you know, and people do say this all the time about football, and it does ring so true, which is like, there's not that much time to breathe, you know, when you're sitting there yeah. in these situations. It's not like you've practiced overtime in the Super Bowl spots. That like Kyle Shanahan and and I don't even do the 49ers even have an offensive coordinator? Probably not. I'm not sure. Honestly. Yeah. yeah, like all of these people, they, they are should just as... so he can get hired somewhere else and they can get some comp picks. But yeah, sure. Uh, they are. We are. We are all just. They're feeling the same anxiety. Maybe not the same anxiety, but they are feeling their cortisol's up. Their heart is pumping. Their adrenaline's going crazy. Like, it's not... The, obviously, you and I, are, we're sitting here having this conversation about gaps in the fucking defensive line 72 hours after the fact, cold, cool, calm, and collected because we've had time to think about it. These guys are just sitting there being like, shit, how do we get a first down? I got to call a good first down play, you know? Like... Yeah, no, which... I mean, I'll agree, but I only... Because I only have... That's the, that's the problem with kind of analytics generally is I have, like... Like three, it's like, it's like I'm like a guitar player who has like three chords. That's it. That's it's like my, that's like the extent. It's like go front on fourth down, pass on early downs. But one of my chords Anal is... Analytics, analytics isn't all about <laughs> passing. Sometimes it tells you to run. Yeah, that's my third chord, which is third and medium, maybe you should run. So I am thinking about that immediately. Like I even tweeted it out during both of those things during the game. Like I am thinking about that in situations where it's critical because like the, at the end of the game, there's two minutes remaining. Like if you get the, you don't even have to score a touchdown eventually. Like if they get that first down, 
they can't run it all the way down, but they can severely impact the Chiefs' ability to come back and get the game-tying field goal the other way, too. So that's why, like, not even getting a touchdown, but just continuing to to pick up another series of down would have been so, so critical there. So I was thinking that immediately. But then again, my brain is uncluttered because I only have these three courts <laughs> that I'm thinking about. So maybe you just need to, like, have someone on the on the coaching headset with Shanahan who just knows these three courts. And whenever it becomes a, becomes a time for that, there's just, like, Third and medium, think about running, think about running, you know, and just give them that because uh, you would have that immediately in your mind. Sure. Uh, I, I got a I got a stat to report here that is uh, relevant to our conversation. This is from Robert Mays. Per True Media Sports, the Chiefs played man on 60.6% of Purdy's dropbacks. That is the highest rate by any Chiefs team in the Spags era. The previous high was 52 0.5%. I am choosing to interpret that as Spags sized Brock Purdy up and found him wanting. He said, Purdy, you want to beat me with perfect ball placement? You want to beat me by being smarter than me? You want to beat me by being, you know, playing quarterback at the highest level? Go, feel free to do so. And couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. In, it. I mean, part of it, it, part of it though has to be he felt confident that and the matchups versus the versus the receivers and versus Kittle, right? And it sounds it looked like they did pretty well. I mean, you know, you mentioned Debo was open once, Ayuk was open on that last play where there was no chance for Purdy to see it. Uh, other than that, I don't know, man. Dudes were not were not that open. So I think it's a combination, right? Like no matter how bad Purdy is, if you think you're just going to get destroyed, you don't have the defensive backs to do that. You, you might not do it in that in that situation. Yeah, I. I th- I just find like no one else in the NFL, Kyle Shanahan, to be so fascinating because he challenges really what it is, is it confounds the first take element of my brain. Because you can't just be like, you can't just be like quarterback wins matter, uh, you know, he's good or he stinks, right? Like you can't, I, I've yet to hear this take. I've yet to hear this crafted hot take. Okay, let's hear it. I, I bet I can crap. Brock Purdy so is actually the one lifting the boats in San Francisco. Purdy actually is so good, and Shanahan had a down year, and Kittle was injured, and Debo was in and out. I, I've I've not heard it. I'm not. I'm which would be a hell of a take. You'd have a very hard time arguing it, but I have not heard anyone be like Purdy is the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, that's not going to happen. I mean, I think anyone who even would say MVP would not say that. Uh, I don't know. I think he's better than, than you know, some people who think he's sort of league average-ish sort of thing. And someone was asking, like, what his ceiling is. So this would be maybe this interesting question for you also. Like, what his ceiling is? I mean, I come from the general opinion that, like, ceilings and floors are higher and lower than we think, right? If it's truly, like, a ceiling – um because some guy was saying he thought his ceiling was like qb 12 or something i'm like come on dude like we can't say that's his ceiling like we can't say that like his ceiling isn't higher than what you like assume a normal like jalen hurts is going to be or something like that so i said qb5 was probably like his ceiling i would say i would say mahomes allen uh lamar and I guess Burrow Herbert ish, like those guys in there, maybe oh, come be on. better than come one of those on. guys. No, I'm not letting this Herbert shit happen. Next time Justin Herbert impresses, like enough. Dude. Okay, enough. whatever. I'm just saying either Burrow or Herbert will 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 slide in there, and then maybe like another wild either Burrow Herbert. I don't know. Trevor turns it around. Uh, Caleb, see, so, whoever so like slides in there, and maybe Purdy could be five. Like, but I can't see him being any higher than. Then Lamar, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and some other wild card is always going to be better than Purdy. So that was my that was my that was my take. Do you have anyone else who you say definitively you would you never think that Purdy could get above them for his ceiling? Um, I mean, I think Purdy is already better than Trevor Lawrence. Like, what what what? More, right, but what... if Lawrence hits his ceiling, then he could be better than like Purdy ceiling. Right? Yeah, but what 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 are we we're doing? We're we're year four of Lawrence year three year four no I'm not saying we assume that I'm just saying like Lawrence is in the mix as someone who even if Purdy hits his ceiling could keep Purdy out of the top four like it's possible yeah so these are the definitive ceiling rankings of Purdy on his best day on earth could never get there it would be Mahomes 
It would be yeah. Josh Allen. It'd be Jalen Hurts. It would be Jalen Hurts is in there for you. Jalen Hurts is in there. Oh yeah, really? Because, okay, because yeah, Hurts is interesting. Hurts is an interesting dude. I mean, I mean the thing is, you know, I was very much I was like, this is a great draft pick when they drafted Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Um, now, now, now you, now you're a turncoat. Now you, now Ed's well, Uber I'm tank. always my. I'm not doing my job if I'm not loved and hated by every faction of 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 fandom. Uh, and trust me, that was that was a hot take at that point in time. People were perplexed to say the least about about that pick. But the thing is, the the reason I liked them was like this whole optionality that they have. Yeah, we don't know who wins. It's going to be this. Now this this contract they gave Jalen Hurts is wild. Like they're tied into Jalen Hurts for like the next ten years. Uh, the way they structure this thing. So I don't know. I mean, like I think he's good, but great receivers, probably the best offensive line in the NFL. Uh, runs it a lot, starting to get injured. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, he's he, he has a lot of like wind in his sails, basically. To we, get to we, just said, we just said, we just said ceiling, though. Right. Jalen Hurts is like, he, Hurts Purdy is couldn't ceiling. get there if his, you're saying Purdy couldn't get to Hurts level, like Hurts median level. Oh, with, sure. Purdy could get, Purdy could get to Hurts median. I thought we were comparing ceilings. No, I mean, no, no, no. I'm only, I'm only saying even median. I'm saying he can't get. Okay, he can't Her- get to. He can't get to I Mahomes, Allen, and Lamar. And then I'm just saying someone's gonna sneak in there above Purdy. Like I don't I'm, know I'm who putting, it is. I'm putting Burrow there. I'm putting Burrow there too. I think it's. I think okay. ceilings, ceilings. He cannot reach Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Burrow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, I wasn't sure where you were on Burrow. A lot of people are all over the place on Burrow. I'm of two. I mean, he's minds definitely he's definitely overrated. He's definitely overrated yeah. by like the people who are like the Bengals are going to run the NFL, and he spent his whole yeah. career throwing to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Uh, although his offensive line has never been very good, and he still yeah, eats he a, takes lot a lot of sacks, of sacks but, too. So, but but went into Arrowhead and won, you know? I mean, it's the people who Oh my God, you're, go- you're going Burrowhead. You're going Burrowhead on Well, us. the people who have won, the people who have won in the playoffs at Arrowhead in the last, uh, since, uh, since uh, I know. Barack Obama Josh Allen went nuclear in Arrowhead. And then like- Did was, he? Was, was absolutely what, perfect. What happened? What happened at the end of that game? I know, me, but he was perfect in that He was as close to perfect as you could be and lost the game. Whereas Burrow- you know, was stepping on his dick the whole first half when, yeah, and then, was. and then Kansas City just completely imploded to let him win that game. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean that was that second. I I really try and forget that second half as much as I can. Um, yeah, no, Burrow is Burrow is a a very 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 good NFL. What about Allen a QB two? This is this is the new thing. Like I think he's the clear QB two with the gap. Yeah, who who would argue that? Well, Lamar people would argue. Or you're your two-time you MVP. No, 10, 10 points, 10 points in a playoff game at home. Sorry. You can't be, oh, you can't be two. Even beyond that, I just think Allen's been consistently, you know, I mean, especially yeah, since his breakout. Especially since his breakout. But even even so, you know, if you look at if you look at the years they've been in the NFL, right? If you give Allen if you just say starting in even 2019, because Lamar didn't really play in 2018. So Lamar was better in 20. 19 that's kind of it honestly i know he won the mvp this year but there's an argument that they're like equal at at, well, wor- and at worst need, and then the rest of the seasons uh, allen was better you need a more um you have to account for the fact that you need a more stylized offense with lamar you need or, or more specialized you have to have a, a special coordinator special pieces around him uh in order to access that ceiling which is also true of purdy i suppose uh you know purdy yeah. would not uh flourish in like if if if, uh if if this is a good bit if if Mahomes and Purdy had switched teams for the Super Bowl and and everything else remained the same how much would San Francisco have been favored by you know 10 or something oh yeah yeah I mean maybe not 10 but yeah a lot that's for sure yeah so you got it you got to count for that whereas with Josh I think Josh could run a West Coast offense I think he could run an air raid I think he could do you know the Shanahan stuff I I think he could just run whatever I'm I'm pivoting to just a Josh Allen uh, fan account, basically, because that's that's the guy I want to see more than anyone else win. Well, there's a real one, market for it. He has one second team All Pro, and that's it. Like he doesn't have any other accolades. He doesn't have. He hasn't even made a Super Bowl. It's just like sad because he's been the best, second best quarterback in the NFL now for four straight years. Um, and well, you yeah, know, he's Pey- he's Peyton Manning. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's been pretty good in the playoffs too. He just, just, just ran into, I mean that the Bengals game was, was the, 
you sh- I mean, they 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 shit themselves in that game. So like that was bad. But other than that, he was pretty good this last year in this game against the Chiefs. He was obviously incredible in the other game that they lost to the Chiefs. So uh, who do you lose to the other year? Who do you well, lose to in 2020? They beat the Chargers. I remember I not the Chargers. Remember. They beat the Colts. And then did they lose? You know, the, the tough thing about that was how flaccid they were against the Bengals last year. Oh, yeah. No, that sucked. That's when everyone was on. That's when Burrow. everyone pivoted. Yeah. Everyone went crazy on on Burrow after that. Yeah. Um, when, again, it's like, and this has happened a few times in the playoffs, it was the the Bengals defense that really was the one that had the most. Yeah. Everyone said, uh, everyone said, um, Lou, Lou, Lou Amarano was going to be a head coach, right? The Bengals defensive yeah. coordinator. Yeah. Okay. So who did the, okay, the kids, so they beat the Ravens. Sorry. I got now, now, now I'm interested. Did they lose to the, oh, they did lose to the chiefs 24 to 38. So, I mean, 24 is not great. So he didn't have the best game in that one, but 52 QBR, so not so good. But still, Mahomes absolutely. I mean, Mahomes just stomped on him. 95 QBR. He's like so, yeah. Mahomes. The better comp for Mahomes is Jordan than Brady because he he is yes. suffocating the life out of other people's careers. He is he is relegating Josh Allen to a historical footnote. You know, like. 30 yeah, years yeah, from yeah, now, no, he's who's going to remember he's... who's going to remember Josh Allen and his four playoff wins, you know? Again, like I mean, I don't want to seem like I'm an anti-Brady guy, but I mean, I'm sorry. Like anyone who's a 6-round pick and like 6 years into their NFL career is like, eh, you know? I mean, he won championships, he was good, he was like a top 5 quarterback a couple of times. It's, you can't you're, be you're, not, you're not gonna win this one you're not gonna convince anyone it's like you, you were, you were having great. this conversation with i you i don't be that Bra- great if you're like 32 years old and everyone's like oh he's been a pretty solid quarterback you know he's been but he's got an, he's got an, an all elite. the any any way you would measure it though via the the point of the game for players which is championships and and titles like it's just i mean sure i know it, but the, the 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 peak of his career he won no no title i'm just saying jordan was was he rookie of the year? I think he was rookie of the year. I, and then his second I year, he broke believe he broke his true. foot. He broke his foot in his second year. But he was like, the moment he stepped on the court, everyone was like, "Whoa, this is this is this is an this is a great player, right? This is an incredibly great player." And that's kind of like Mahomes didn't play as a rookie, but I bet he would have been pretty good as as a rookie. And he was obviously very very good as a second year player. So again, the analogy is more in that sort of thing rather than kind of like growing into being an elite player that has Brady did. That's a little bit of a different, that's not a Jordan type of scenario. Sure. I, I mean, I didn't mean to re uh, re spark the Brady debate because I just, I think for me, it falls flat in the sense of like, I don't care if he's the most accomplished now. Cause in the end, he's not going to be cause Pat is going to be, he's got 15 more years to win five. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. Brady three championships in his first four years. And then he didn't win another one for, you know, a decade. So. Yeah, but he turns out he had an idiot head coach. We just didn't know at the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you made a lot. These are coin flips, my friend. These these are coin flips. Okay, listen. Even even the the Chiefs. Yeah, Brady three... Brady lost a uh, Brady lost a, a, a home uh, Brady lost a home playoff game to Mark Sanchez. Hey, it happens. Um, I mean, Mahomes Mahomes now four in the four Super Bowls. One of them was like he got stomped. Not his fault but whatever the team got stomped and the other three were close so he's won all three of the close of the close games you know it's It's, when you're when you're that good when you're that good you uh you make your own luck right i guess you gotta go to overtime though you know and you gotta well that's just what the script called for yeah 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 i mean don't don't even get me going on all the post super bowl stuff Okay, let's uh, let's do. Uh, I want to get your nerd take on the NFL draft because I already know what it's going to be without even asking oh, you. Which is I don't even I don't even know who any of these people are, but go ahead. The your your take is going to be, you know, if if May and Williams are really that close, then uh, the 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 Bears should just see if the Commanders will trade up for it, and they can just take the the worst of the two. No, no, I, I'm not one of those guys. That's like galaxy brain sort of sort of situation. I kind of, I mean, look, I, I, I think it's bad because I think Caleb Williams is is that good. 
but I see, I see it on paper. Who's going to do that? Like, it's just what, what sort of trade compensation are you going to get? Number one. And it's, it's, it means it's meaningless. Whatever trade compensation you're getting versus, you know, it's just not worth it. There's no way that it's worth, unless you literally say they're a coin flip between the two different picks, which I don't think it's possible to go through the whole exercise and come out in that sort of way, then it's not, it's not worth it. Like, I don't, I don't see it's not, it's not worth it because the consequence, it's like a risk of ruin, like Kelly criterion thing. Your risk of ruin is at maximum. Like you, you ruin, you get fired. The coach gets fired. Uh, the franchise tanks, like if, if you get that decision wrong between like, oh, I'll trade back and I'll get these these extra picks. And then it turns out that you trade from one to two and Caleb Williams is him and Drake May is not him. And you you put yourself in a miserable scenario to which no, I'm, I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying, like, I don't even know if it's worth it. I mean, let's OK. So when the when the when the 49ers move back and the Bears moved up to number two, it's maybe the most analogous thing I can think of. Um there, number one, there wasn't even another quarterback left to fall back on. So like the amount that they got might even be higher than the amount that you would get in this circumstance where, you know, like Washington can still take a, a quarterback, right? If so, so when they moved up in this one, they got a third round pick, a fourth round pick, and the next year's third round pick. For me, that's not worth taking my potentially getting my second choice for for franchise quarterback here like you got plenty of picks everything else this is just like this is deck chair you know the deck chairs on the titanic sort of situation if you're going down like it doesn't really matter if you had those extra three, you know third round picks it's not gonna it's not gonna save you in this circumstance that's yeah I, no i definitely i definitely believe that to be true have you started to run numbers on these guys yet I have not. Uh, I can only tell you that I think they both look pretty good. I'd have a little bit more concern about Daniels, who seems like he's going to go third. At the same time, I, if I'm going to have any sort of nerd take, and it seems like people are already coalescing around this, so maybe it's not really going to be – it's not going to be much of a take, is, you know, go ahead and take Daniels third. Like, who cares? I, I don't I care. care. If you don't... I care. It's bad. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just saying – I'm not my nerd thing. If there is a nerd thing is, do, do you like this quarterback? Go ahead and take them in the first round go ahead and your pick. Like let's, let's not quibble over whether they are not deserving of a top five of a top, whatever, like the, the dominative narrative is always quarterbacks go too early. And I think sure. the evidence says the exact opposite, like all of the top elite quarterbacks in the NFL went too late and there's you know why why shouldn't those guys have gone earlier because they were all flawed and no one thought that they were a check of the box sort of quarterback so like why not take these guys even earlier first round picks bust all the time no matter how high you're taking them at non-quarterback positions people are actually more scared to take a quarterback because if that pick fails then it's more egg on their face so there's actually a discount to quarterback values in the nfl draft so Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix are each two years older than Anthony Richardson and, and Penix is as well. Penix actually might even be older than them. So they're both overaged um, yeah. at the age, at the age that Jaden Daniels was failing in his junior year at Arizona state, 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Anthony Richardson was an 18 year old wildcat quarterback at the university uh, of Florida. I, I am very concerned about the idea of this guy who this is not a Justin Fields, Joe Burrow situation where they didn't get a chance to play and then transferred. This is a, we saw three years of Jaden Daniels, four years of Bo Nix, three years of Michael Penix Jr. At, at all these schools before they transferred and found success for a variety of reasons. Penix was throwing to two NFL wide receivers. Jaden Daniels is throwing to maybe two top 20 picks at wide receiver given me real, I mean, obviously there's multiple examples of this. There's the Burrow example. And then if you stretch your memory back, the Zet, Zach Mettenberger example, throwing to Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and handing the ball off to Jeremy Hill. Bet you haven't thought of that name in a while. I just, I, I am very, very concerned about the idea of one, that Jaden Daniels is markedly better than McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback, and mm -hmm. that a 23-year-old quarterback is the third overall pick.
Well, I mean, I, I'm willing to let the draft process play out a bit here and just see what the vibes are, I guess, for, for all these different guys as we go through it. I saw a mock today. Now, like, again, God help us. We're in, we're in mock draft uh, uh, season already. Uh, they had Daniels is going two in front of in front of may no anyone uh, anyone who does uh maybe that's anyone, the hottest take people can come up with i don't know anyone who does the hot take of mccarthy's going first daniels is going to i mean they're just they're will they're unwilling to be serious people um are you calling you gotta, jim harbaugh an unserious person didn't yes, you say mccarthy yeah. should be jim should jim be harbaugh different. jim harbaugh coming into the nfl uh and and running the ball with like whatever uh, free agent running back. Actually, he's going to take Blake Quorum, his college running back. They're going to take Blake Quorum in the third round. We got a little bit of breaking news on the program here, though. Oh, no. 27 seconds ago, 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan announces on a conference call that he has fired defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. Damn, Steve Wilkes. That's a bummer. That's a bummer for for. Is, for is that Wilkes a bummer? Or... I mean, what, what, what did he do to get fired? Did the 49ers defense played good. Why would they fire him? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I can't tell you. Um, yeah, that seems a little bit strange, but you probably just didn't like them. They probably just didn't get along, you know? Yeah, well, okay, that's a good point. I mean, you do kind of – you don't people, people do kind of forget, like, this is a work environment. We got to go to work. Yeah, it's like the Dorsey thing. You know the Dorsey? Like, oh, why are they getting rid of Dorsey? McDermott's probably like, the guy's kind of an asshole. You know, like, I just don't like, I just don't like them. And I think that's fine because I feel like these guys are highly replaceable. So, you know, that's probably the biggest thing. Um, and you're doing a guy solid by firing him as quickly as possible, honestly. It, I mean, it's not that solid, actually, because all these positions are already, already filled. But who knows? Who knows when it comes to, uh, when it comes yeah. to Wilkes. Okay, so here's what I'll say. So my, my, my takes are, number one, don't be afraid to take quarterbacks early. Whatever, take McCarthy early if you want to uh Penix and eh, you know I'm not high on these guys but whatever take them early if you want to who cares um number two like I would say there's a dramatic drop-off between May and Williams and these other guys so like yes not that not that it couldn't work out but I I don't think you can make like I don't think you could say ever the decision would be correct to take Daniels above May or something like I, I don't think that could be a correct decision even I'm not saying it can't work out. It probably does. He's probably better like 25% of the time or something. Um, but it can't be the right decision in my opinion. So those are my only real, real takes. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It's a mistake. And also I just, I really am all, I'm preemptively annoyed at mock drafts. I'm going to read. It's like JJ McCarthy, yeah, long way number to go. one to the bears. Like, yeah, wait, did that really happen? I saw someone tweet about that. Did someone really put out a mock draft with that happening? I, I'm sure because it's early on and now you can just get your takes off and, and you can you can relent later where you can be like, actually, I got some good intel. I had an inside source inside of the Bears organization that they kind of changed their mind and they're pretty in on, on Caleb Williams. So are we, are we not why. doing the will they keep – I feel like will they keep Justin Fields? That story is already is already gone, thank God. Um, no, no, it's it's back. There, so it's there back? was another. There was another. There oh, was snap. there was literally just a report uh, today. So they did the they there. There was the first report that it's like the Fields discussion is over in Chicago. It's already over. And now I I can't remember if it was Schefter or someone else. Someone else tweeted about actually they're keeping their they're keeping their options open um, about trading the pick. I think the problem is they're they're like waiting. The, the phone's right there. Like the phone. Justin Justin Fields uh trade offer line and it's just sitting there. <laughs> it's just like it doesn't ring. Like no one no one is interested in trade. I mean not that they're not interested in trading for him, but can you imagine if they're like, "Oh yeah, we traded Justin Fields for a third round pick or something." Like it would look it would look embarrassing even though that might be the best they can get. I mean, what's the you know, they might just wait till like draft night just to hold out all hope I was gonna that say, they can get like something. If, if Fields, I mean, hold, you could hold them longer. You could have Justin Fields and this first round pick on on the team or whatever. You know, someone yeah, give yeah. You a, but it was, but then you got to wait, and you're using that pick in the next year. I mean, Rosen was a draft night deal, right? So I could see something similar go down on day two. It's like every single team that's like, okay. You didn't get the quarterback you maybe were hoping you might get in the first round because all these guys moved up the board. You know, these quarter, these other teams are looking at, you know, Desmond Ritter 
as their, as their only quarterback on their roster. And they're like, ah, I'll throw you a late second round pick or something. So like, that's probably, so then because of that, we'll have this story all the way until the draft because fields will still technically be on the roster, even though I, I, I mean, I would, there's like, I've seen a lot of crazy things have happened in the draft. This would be the craziest thing if they did not take a quarterback that I've ever seen. Um, if they did not take a quarterback at number one, it would be the dumbest. It would be the dumbest thing. I mean, it really, it really, I can you imagine? It probably would be the dumbest thing. I mean, the one of the dumbest things was Ezekiel Elliott over Jalen Ramsey, but even that was not crazy because like, we, I thought that was possible that that would happen. Um, God, so that was probably yeah. the dumbest thing. I remember I where I was when that happened. Oh, I remember <laughs> where I was too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was man. so pumped with it. I was just like, I, you were pumped, obviously, but I was like, this is awesome. Like, I, could, I can't believe it actually happened. Sort of, sort of. That might have been the straw that broke. That uh, that might have been the straw that broke my back, actually, with the Cowboys. Now that I'm thinking about it, that might have been when I was just like, you know what, enough. Well, what I, about I a, a what about a year later, where we were reading the, uh, the 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 unending praise for the Cowboys draft that year because they they took Ezekiel Elliott, they took a dude who could can't feel his foot <laughs> at the beginning of the second round who had yeah. like made such bad like he, he still didn't have feeling in his lower extremities and they're and then but then they took Dak Prescott in the fourth round so everything was was good didn't didn't that pick work out the guy who couldn't feel his foot well they they did extend him but they eventually cut him it was a bad extension um but yeah he 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 had to he was playing NFL football with the device that held his foot up because he couldn't naturally lift his foot. Oh yeah, he had drop foot. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. And he used an early second round pick, you know. Yeah, on that. not great. Um, all right, let's get out of here. Uh, what can people look forward to on unexpected points in the uh, the interregnum? We we've got seventy days until the NFL draft, I believe. What what can the people be finding? Okay, well, I'm I'm bringing back like this weekly commentary sort of article I have where rather than writing like a handful of small articles, I put together like some segments based upon. So a lot of it like this week is going to be talking about the, even though I already talked about it in my Super Bowl review, but kind of like the post decision reaction cycle and all the different biases and that sort of thing coming out of the Super Bowl when it comes to the overtime decision, when it comes to our perceptions of Mahomes or Purdy or all these different things. So all that stuff's going to come out. Luck, I think is going to be a big one that I'm going to talk about this week. Cause there was a study that was put out by um, some people at the NFL about how the chiefs like had the luckiest run ever to the super bowl because of I drops and some other stuff. So I'll talk about that, but then I'm also going to use it in the frames of these other adjusted scores I have to like kind of quantify who's been the luckiest or not. So it's going to be that sort of stuff. Free agency comes into play. I have these, uh, improvement index where I try to like project all the different teams forward versus their end of year roster to see how much they've improved during free agency. And of course, come when it comes to the draft, you know, there'll be a whole slew of shit coming over for that. Um, I just can't get into it too early. I, I can't, I can't start doing mock drafts now. Normally what I do is I have some information I got from this guy, Benjamin Robinson, who runs grinding the mocks where he sends me his data and we put together like consensus mock drafts with, with information on, like the range of outcomes for different guys. So it's kind of like leveraging all the different hot takes into one larger, you know, lukewarm uh, a distribution instead of just a single hot take to figure out where guys might go in the draft. When you simply could not be doing any of this and you could just be writing why the NFL doesn't care that you're mad about seeing Taylor Swift on the TV or what, you know, like you just, there, there are such obvious avenues for you to take. I keep, I keep waiting. I keep waiting for it. And I'm, I'm not seeing I it. Could. I, I mean, I guess you could do what's the, like they're pumping out. I do think there, there was this, I, I could do a small commentary on, did you see how it got shared a billion times about how this was like the biggest broadcast ever um, this last Super Bowl? And then you start to read down your like, okay, only counts the United States, like World Cups and other things are bigger. And then you read down even further and you're like, oh, the last Super Bowl was the next, the next it's like, it's just up from the last from the last Super Bowl. It's like a whole news cycle comes out of something that's that's completely meaningless. So I don't know, that, that might be something up my alley, but no, I don't have any good. How about Travis Kelsey yelling at Andy Reid on the sideline? Can we get some? Uh... Every, uh, every, um, 
woman in my life was really mad about that. They did not understand Travis Kelsey yelling at. at I think Reed. everyone here, here's here's my take on that. Take a hint from Andy Reid. You see Andy Reid, he's just like, yeah, but leave me alone. You know, <laughs> he just kept he's on going about his, his business. He's just doing his job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, I'm just going to go about Like he didn't take it seriously. So why would anyone else take it to take Travis Kelsey seriously? Yeah. It's, it's the heat of the game. It's the heat of the game, man. Um, yeah. Sad for our friend, Ethan Sherwood Strauss's 49ers who didn't win. It seemed like he was really invested in the Brock Purdy story. But... I don't really follow him as much as you do, but I'm sure I'm missing some good he's he's i have actually asked him to be on this show i have uh i i he's actually been on this show i i read i read his stuff religiously he's good all right everyone make sure that you are reading unexpected points and i will be back next week across america bp supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like updating turbines at one of our indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.